How's it going, guys? This is Jake with the Purple Haze Podcast. Um, first of all, I wanted to say that I appreciate you guys uh, tuning into the podcast. I mean, 18 episodes in, started at the beginning of football season. Um, this has become much more than me and Josh ever imagined it to be. Um, you know, but that being said, uh, I just wanted to provide you guys with a little disclaimer about the audio. Uh, for some reason, when I it, it doesn't really happen when Josh is talking, but when I speak sometimes, um, the audio will kind of stop and then it'll pause for a split second and then it'll speed itself up in a fast, like high pitched voice and then it'll come back. So, um, you know, I know that's annoying, uh, but please bear with us for this episode um, because there's a ton of great content in there. Um, like I said, I want to apologize for that and um, let you guys know that me and Josh are actively looking uh, for new software to record our podcast, and it shouldn't be a problem uh, that continues to persist in the future. So um, again, wanted to apologize for that, and also thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, all that being said, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Welcome back to the Purple Haze podcast. Uh, I am your host or co-host, Josh Bass, as always, and I am here with my brother, Jake. Uh, this is episode 18. Um, and we are recording on April 20th. Uh, so this is the Wednesday following the UNCW uh, game for ECU baseball. Uh, that was last night. A good game. We'll get into that later. Um, but, yeah, here with Jake, as always. Jake, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Uh, again. Uh, we missed last week. We, we wanted to start doing them every week and we should be getting into that soon just last week with easter um i was halfway across the country so it, it, it didn't really make sense to record but um yeah man can't complain nice to be back weather's warming up ec Bay. also talk warming up, yeah yeah we'll talk about that a lot here in a little bit but yeah it's been it's been fun yeah i know i don't you you love it our um some of y'all were probably rolling your eyes, rightfully so, last week or last episode. <laughs> said that we were going to get back to recording every week and then immediately miss the next week recording. But but there wasn't any any huge news that we need to get out right away. Just some more baseball and um, some transfer stuff. And I was also sick as a dog uh, last week, too. So it would have just been you listening to me sneezing and snotting and coughing the whole time. So we, we, we did you guys a favor. We'll spin it that way. Um, I say that as I'm out on my porch, as I always am when we record, um, and I walked out into a yellow dust cloud of pollen, uh, <laughs> it just is never ending. So I'm probably going to end up getting sick again for like <laughs> the third week in a row, but whatever. No, North Carolina is pretty great, but that's, that's my one big gripe with the state is my goodness. The worst just yeah. destroys my it's, allergies. It's a tough month. April it always is. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you guys for tuning in again. Um, today we got a little bit of everything, um, you know, mostly with football and basketball, some transfer stuff. We'll talk about the, uh, we'll get into the, you know, spring standouts to this point for the football team here first. Um, and then, you know, obviously we're going to have a big baseball, uh, segment at the end, you know, we're right in the heart of baseball season. And I thought that it would be fun for me and Jake to go ahead and give our, and it's a little bit past midseason, um, but to give our midseason awards. So we, we decided um, 
today on this episode, we're going to give you our MVP, our most improved player, freshman of the year, our gold glover, our silver slugger, and <laughs> Cy Young, um, uh, I guess, award winners to this point if the season were to end today for ECU baseball. Um, like always, when we do that sort of thing, and, and I, again, this is at the end of the show, but, um, you know, me and Jake don't know what each other chose for that. And, um, you know, it's always fun when we get to do something like that and kind of surprise each other. So stay tuned for that at the end. But um, one last thing before we get into it, as always, if you don't already follow us um, on social media, go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram at Purple Haze Podcast and a follow um, on Twitter at Purple Haze Pod. Um, especially if you're unable to catch a well this time of year anyways if you're unable to catch a baseball game live uh we're pretty good about tweeting throughout the game uh and giving and giving pretty good updates usually we both pretty much watch every game but if one of us has to miss it the other one usually catches it so if for nothing else at this point in the year that would be a good uh reason to follow us but anyways let's get into it uh what you guys want to hear let's talk about football springtime just means it's one season closer to football season. And um, we talked last time about the guys reporting and things ramping back up for football. Um, we had the um, – what is it? Is it the, like, purple-gold game or, or I think yeah. that's what it's called? Yeah, the spring, uh, the game. spring game. Um, and, um, you know, there was actually some interesting, interesting notes that came out from that. Um, figured we'd go ahead and jump into some of the guys that have been – uh, noted as spring standouts so far this year for the Pirates. Um, and I'll start us off with one. I got a, I got four of them here, Jake. I don't know if you noted any down, but I'll, I'll go at least through my four. And if you had someone you want to add after or jump in and add in the middle, we can do that as well. But I'll start out with the obvious one, me and Jake's boy, the, the golden child, the prodigy QB, Mason Garcia. Um, it's, I still think it's a miracle. I think it was a smart decision on his part, but I think it was a miracle that he didn't transfer out after Holton decided to stay. Me and Jake said that it was absolute best case scenario if they both stayed this year. Um, and it happened. So uh, that's freaking awesome. Still can't believe it. But, um, surprisingly enough, Jake, what do you know? Mason Garcia is being uh, listed as one of the guys (laughs) standing out this spring. Um, is that surprise you? And what do you make of it? Definitely, I mean, you know, it definitely doesn't surprise me at all. Um, it should. I just listened to our podcast and hearing us talk about him uh, for the past year. But I mean, he's just, he's special, man. You could see the steps that he, I mean, he, he came in as the highest rated recruit that ECU's ever had coming out of high school. Um, and it, he was a little raw, but you could tell that it's been getting better and better over time. We saw him take a huge jump last year. Um, had some really good, um, you know, his playing time was limited still because Holden, Holden's obviously still a really good quarterback at the top of the league, um, top of the American. But we saw Mason take a big jump last year, and then just in this offseason, something it's everything I've been reading uh, before the spring game was saying that something has clicked. Mason's figured out the offense, and he's playing really well. And then, I mean, if you watch a spring game or or read up on it, I mean. You, you could just see um, – I don't, I don't have his stats from that in front of me, but I, I think it was something like 23 for 25 passing, and he's just – I mean, he, he's wow. going to be sp- – When he gets to play after this year. Yeah, I'm really excited about that, and I'm really happy he stayed. Um, 
obviously the traits are just, you know, unbelievable with him. And you just were waiting to hear the reports that we're finally hearing that, that Mason put it together and, you know, really grew into the scheme um, and, and kind of grew into his traits um, or so to speak. So that, that was awesome to read. Another guy that I like, um, and Jake, you like him too. Um, but he's a guy that I think has gone a little bit under the radar for ECU fans. Um, is Pop McKay? Uh, yeah, I like Pop McKay a lot. I think Pop McKay has potential to be a really, really good running back. I know that we already have a ridiculous duo at running back in in Harris and, and Keaton Mitchell, um, but there that's a room that you can never have too much depth in. And he's young, and he's he was a highly touted prospect. Um, and, and he's a really talented kid, and he's another guy that has uh, has been, um, you know, has put people on notice this spring. Yeah, no, yeah, he, he's a super special talent. Um, like, like you said, we have, I mean, we have one of the best running back duos in the country. I think, I think that's not, not even really necessarily a hot take. Um, but I, I definitely wouldn't be shocked to see Pop McKay get get some burn, especially as the season went on, and then, you know, after this year, who knows. Um, you know how our running backs do. They're, they'll both be draft eligible, and they're both super talented. So who knows if they stay longer than this year or not? But pretty soon, McKay's going to be pushing for for playing time. Yeah, really excited about that. And another guy that has um, been listed as a standout uh, this spring is a guy who I did some digging on this offseason. One of our previous episodes, if you listened when we were getting. Um, initially getting those transfer guys and those commits in, and me and Jake did a bunch of breakdowns on them. If you want to go back and listen, um, feel free. You'll be I don't remember what episode it was. There's a few of them, but you'll, you'll be able to read it in the description. But anyways, is Jack Powers, um, Nevada transfer, a guy I was really excited about off the edge. You can never have too many edge rushers. And this is a guy, uh, I think he has two years of eligibility left. Um, he was a walk-on who, who – made his way in Nevada into being, a, you know, an elite player in that defense. Um, and he um, has done what the, the, my <laughs> what my scouting report said he was going to do. <laughs> he, he's, he's got the traits to be a really good pass rusher, and he's already an elite run defender off the edge, which is huge, man. Um, and I think he was tied in the spring game uh, for – tackles for the um, most tackles on the day if, if I'm not mistaken about that um, but yeah just the, just the guy that is just a really val- valuable experience piece that we added this offseason that I don't think he's getting talked about enough um, we know we know Mike Houston was excited about it yeah yeah no I mean like you said Jack Powers I mean you, you did a ton of research on him this offseason you I mean you I love him too but you know so much who you said he was going to be. Um, the thing that really impressed me about him, and, and uh, it was talked about with him playing in the spring game, is his football IQ. Um, I know I did a little write-up on that after. Um, but he's just a really smart player. I, th- I think he's going to make a really huge impact for us this year. Um, yeah, stoked about him, man. And, uh, yeah, I'll, 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 you know this, I'll always take the chance uh, to pat myself on the back. Uh, it was nice to read that so far, and it's it's spring, but it was nice to read that so far the results um, are literally what <laughs> I broke down in, when I watched film uh, on him. Um, 
so yeah, it was nice to see that reflect and, and really happy for him and this ECU defense because that's just a you know, edge is one of the most important pieces on the field. Um, and Jake, I don't even need to say this guy's name. Um, I kind of questioned you not at his talent. We both love this talent, fell in love with this kid when we were watching. We were stoked when he uh, when he committed. Um, you said that there was a good chance that you thought coming in as a true freshman, he was going to work his way into playing time. I said, that's not really Mike Houston's way. I don't know, but I can see the potential. But um, I'll let you go ahead and take it away here because I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, this is I, – I, I think me and you had the same exact people written down. Um, I had this – I had his name circled a couple of times <laughs> on, on my yeah. sheet. But yeah, Brock Spalding, um, he's just doing what he's been doing forever. He had uh, four catches for 42 yards in the spring game. Uh, you know, he's got really good hands. He's got good foot. Don't, don't I mean I've talked about him so much. So I, there's only but so much I really still need to say. But uh, definitely don't be surprised if he gets a lot of playing time this year. If he comes out out of the gate, um, you know there, there's some openings and there's some uncertainties. I think we have a lot of you know guys who can step up at the water. Really set in stone right now, and I think he's just as right. much in the mix as anyone else. Um, and, th- and that's coming as a true freshman. Yeah, I like the way that you put that. There's there's a lot of guys that we added and some guys that we already had uh, in that wide receiver room, um, some young guys coming up. Um, you know, there's a ton of talent there, but like you said, there's nothing set in stone. There's no established guys. So that they, the, you know, spots are open and the best players are going to play. So, um, yeah, had to, I gave myself props on the powers um, breakdown. Had to give you props on Spalding because um, – now all of a sudden people are talking about him potentially being a difference maker in year one, uh, which you said months and months ago. So props to you there. Um, do you have anybody else you wanted to add to that? That was, those were the four that I had listed. Obviously there was more standouts. I go did a really good article. He, he listed more than, than we just listed here. Um, but I didn't know if you had any more notes on somebody or if you wanted to go ahead and jump over to the, the transfer outs that we've had since the last episode. Um, those are the only guys I had written down. Uh, real quick, want to give a shout out uh, to Walt Stribling. Um, didn't have him written down, but I, I've uh, you know been thinking about him, and he's he's made a ton of progress this year. Parker Moore was coming in, um, you know, highly touted transfer from West Virginia. Everyone thought he was going to come in right away and have that left tackle position uh, locked up, and and I still think, um, you know. When we play NC State, I think Parker Moore is going to be our starting left tackle. But um, in the spring game, not with the first team, he's, he's made a lot of progress. Um, and you know, <laughs> watching ECU the past few years, it's definitely not a, uh, an issue to have multiple strong uh, tackles <laughs> to be able to put out there. But yeah, he, he's made a ton of progress this offseason, so I want to give him a little shout out there. Yeah, man. Those, I mean, those big guys get injured, and and you know, best case scenario for Walt is he wins that job. Uh, worst case scenario is, um, you know, he get he gets to be a swing tackle, plug and play guy, still will get a lot of play. And ECU won't be hurting if one of those, you know, starting tackles gets hurt, needs a break, needs a breather. Um, you know, some guys have to move inside. You never know, especially in college football. Um, but it's great to see that the competition that we brought in, um, you know, it can either have a negative or a positive impact on the guys already in the locker room. And it's great to see that it seemed to have a positive impact on Walton that he's playing really, really well. So that's huge. Um, 
Moving on to the guys who we lost um, in the recent weeks, I uh, I've got three here. Um, that obviously we lost more, a lot of young guys that had hadn't um, carved out any playing time. But I got three notable ones. First one, maybe not as notable as next two, is CJ Crump. Um, I I just the the, the reason that I note CJ Crump, he he transferred. Uh, you know, he, he entered the transfer portal. Um, Crump did not get a ton of playing time. Uh, he's a six foot, 180 pound cornerback uh, out of Greensboro, North Carolina. I believe he came, he committed in the, well, he committed in 2019, but I think he, he enrolled in 2020. Um, you know, so he's been with the Pirates for two years. He was just somebody that I thought had, um, you know, had good potential to um you know to to work his way into a starting role uh for the pirates uh he, he you know he hasn't had a ton of playing time um and he, en- he entered the transfer portal we've had some really good news from that cornerback room despite losing jaquan mcmillan about guys playing well malik fleming expected to be a cornerback one and playing at an elite level and we've had some uh, transfers. We've had some commitments, and we've had some guys who have apparently stepped up. So, um, not surprising to see him transfer. But he was just one guy that I um, that I noted as a uh, somebody that I saw in the transfer portal that I was kind of like, ah, you know, wish wish we didn't lose that one. Um, another guy, um, I'll just name them all three, and we can break them down as much as you want, Jake. Another guy is um, Javion McCray. Uh, uh, he's a defensive tackle, another guy that entered the transfer portal. Um, Jake, Javion McCray was one that I was kind of bummed out when I saw. What, what were what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, he was he was one. I thought he had a lot of potential. I still think he has a lot of potential, and you know, I you know, I wish him the best. Hope he goes somewhere and and can crack, uh, you know, crack the starting job somewhere and, and get some good playing time. But um, yeah, def- definitely. You know, that one hurts a little bit. Um, it's just tough. Defensive tackle, we have so many young guys, and it, that's one that's one of our deepest positions, um, and, and it's full of freshmen and sophomores. So, um, you know, re- regardless, though, that was still a little a little tough to see. I, li- I liked him a lot coming out of high school. Yeah, I like yeah, I like JVL McCray, too. He's a three-star out of uh, West Brunswick High School. Um, enrolled the same year, Crump. Crump did and uh yeah just with somebody that I could see developing into a nice piece on that d-line but um not to be uh, another guy and probably the biggest name that's entered the transfer portal um and it's somebody who has not had any playing time um is Walter Simmons this is a guy who's extremely athletic um at the, at the time was a seemed to be a really good get for Mike Houston but I think with Mason deciding to stay um Holton staying and Mason staying, I think, you know, we, from what I read, we tried to move Walter Simmons to wide receiver. He wanted to play quarterback was really far down the depth chart. So uh, not surprised. It was a bummer, but not surprising to see Walter Simmons transfer. Yeah, that was, I mean, that, that was one that, you know, you know, another one that was tough. Walter Simmons, he's super talented and I think he's going to go somewhere and be a good quarterback, but we just, I mean, you know, that's kind of a position we have figured out for the next, uh, we got Holton this year. And Mason's got uh, two years after that. I believe Mason will have two two years after that. But I mean, um, you know, I, it's it sucks that Walter is leaving. I think he's really talented, but um, 
he, he just wasn't simply just wasn't going to play uh, here. And, and that's not a knock on him. It's just with the development of Mason and Holton being super strong. It's just, you know, it just wasn't going to happen here. Yeah. I mean, with the team getting better and those young guys developing into, into starters and um, you know, those older guys wanting to stay and that's, that's going to happen. Guys with a lot of talent are going to get buried in the depth chart and that's what the transfer portals for. So uh, best of luck to those three guys though. Um, you know, there was obviously more guys transferred out. Those were just three notable ones that I jotted down. Jake, do you have anybody else? I know there was a lot of young guys transferred out. Uh, like you said before the show, basically that entire that entire recruiting class transferred. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys. I mean, you know, a lot of guys with a lot of potential. Um, you got like Jacob Coleman, Cruz Temple, um, you know, just to name a couple of them. There, there, there's a ton. Uh you know, just to say, wish them all the best, you know, no hard feelings, obviously. Um, and also that, you know, a lot of times when you see people transferring out, um, you kind of look. I'd like to say that that's really not the case here. Um, it's more that we're really getting good. <laughs> we're getting really good depth and we've gotten a lot of good transfers in. And um, yeah, I, I think this is like contrary to most times when you see a lot of people transferring out um, and, and that this shouldn't really. I don't want to say it's a good thing that these guys are leaving, but it, it just shows how competitive our team is becoming. Yeah, it's definitely not for any any of the reasons you don't want to see, whether it be issues with the coaching, coaching changes or, you know, lack of team success. It's just simply playing time. These are guys that um, seemingly through the start of spring, you know, realized that they were far down the depth chart, probably not going to get playing time and just try to make the best decision for them. So best of luck to them. Uh, moving on over to basketball. Um just got some transfers and, and commits for you here. Uh, we'll talk about who we're losing first. Again, we've talked about this ad nauseum with the new coach. We were going to lose a ton of guys. We we're already going to lose a lot of guys to graduation. Um, but we, um, you know, lost some, some really notable names to the transfer portal, too. That happens. Um, just to, to list off the notable ones, Vance Jackson, J.J. Miles, and Tremont Robinson-White. Um, three guys who have at least been – uh, you know, Vance and JJ being starters uh, full time. JJ, when he was healthy, started full time. And Tremont being, you know, starter half the time, six man. Um, all three of those guys graduating. So uh, we're never an option to come back. And then Tristan Newton, Brandon Suggs, and Alonzo Frank, all three transferred. Um, you know, three really talented guys that were, you know, when this team was having success, were big pieces of that. So a lot of guys leaving it's it's definitely we're we're gonna definitely be going into a rebuild in basketball but jake was this surprising to you how do you feel about you know losing that class um yeah you know it definitely wasn't surprising to me um uh you know i kind of thought they were leaving even even Suggs. uh he was the one who i thought had the highest chance of staying that has left so far um but i you know i thought he was gonna go too um and yeah i mean I'm, i'm not surprised it's uh you know, guys like Suggs and uh, Tristan New make their best case uh, to go to the league, and we're going through uh, a rebuild now, so it just wouldn't really make too much sense for them to stay. Yeah, the one that the, the surprised me the most was probably Frank, and I'll tell you why. It just seemed weird to me that a guy who's got – I think he's just got one year of eligibility left um, and just transferred in from South Carolina. It seemed weird to me that he would then turn around and immediately transfer – and, and go to a new program altogether. It, it seemed like he was carved out to have a big role. Um, again, obviously, I know he was recruited by Dooley, 
But that one was a bit surprising to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah like, there. Uh, he could have other reasons, but yeah, I was kind of shocked to see that one too. Um, like you said, he only had one year. It was seeming like uh, he was pretty much a lock uh, with our current roster to be the starting center. So um, yeah, I, I wasn't really expecting that one too much. Uh, moving on to more positives, though, um, we we did have uh, four guys um, commit to to be a part of Schwartz's uh, ECU team, uh, starting with the obvious one. Um, that seemed to be a guy that was going to come with him all along. Quentin De, De Bonge, is that probably how you would say that? He's a he's a French yeah, kid, uh, but he, he was yeah he was um, obviously on an elite Tennessee team. Uh, was not one of the starters uh, there, but he was a guy that Schwartz liked a lot. Thought had a lot of talent, um, and he came with him to come play at ECU. He's a guy that might be able to make an immediate impact. Yeah. No. Um, you know, coming into Tennessee, obviously he's one of Schwartz guys. Um, and he, you know, he's a six, six shooting guard. He's got, he's got some good length. Uh, I was, you know, I was, I was pumped to see that. Honestly, that was the first, um, I guess, commitment slash transfer of the Mike Schwartz era. And I think he, you know, hit the nail on the head with that one. I think he's going to be really good for us. Yeah. I'm excited about that one too. The other three guys, um, another guard, uh, uh, Ben Belaya, or Bayala? Bayala, I think. Bayala, okay. <laughs> absolutely butchering. We, we, got, we got some time to figure that out. I'll get him down, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard him be said out loud. I'm reading them. Yeah, um, I was going to say, yeah. Um, but he's a JUCO transfer, another Frenchman. Uh, Elijah Jones, uh, commitment out of high school, forward. And then a guy that I was excited to see commit, a, another guard, uh, Saxby Sunderland. First of all, great name. Yeah. Second, second of all, uh, he, he had some really good offers. I, I was I was excited to see him commit. Yeah, no, I I think Schwartz is doing a phenomenal job um, with the guys he's got so far, and he's he's definitely not done yet. Um, you know, a lot there's a ton of guys still in the transfer portal. Um, a lot of the big programs are going after a lot of the guys right now. Uh, um, you know, for for a lot of people, we're saying, all right, we did a lot, and we haven't really gotten any more commitments. Um, you know, the past week or so, I just, you know, I just sit and be patient. I think Schwartz is going to pull some tricks up his sleeve um, and, and get us some guys that we're going to be really excited to watch. But, yeah, all, all, all the guys, you know, have a ton of potential for this program. I, I, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a surprising group so far to be um, as quality as it is considering a new coach coming into it, you know, not exactly the highest profile college basketball program. Um, but, you know, it's just a testament to Schwartz real quick, just to note in case you didn't know already. Um, I just talked about Saxby Sunderland's um, offers. He had offers from St. Peter's, uh, Florida International, Cleveland State, William & Mary, Elon, Radford, UMBC, George Mason, um, and VCU. Uh, so some really good schools there. Uh, some really good offers, and Schwartz was able to nag him, um, get him to come play for us next year. So really excited about that. Um, look, like we said, obviously, I don't expect the Pirates to be world beaters. We'll probably still be near the bottom of the conference next year uh, for basketball, but I think that we're headed in the right direction. Um, you know, the losses were big that we that we had this year, but um, not unexpected, and it's about just moving forward, um, how you replace those guys and build your own program through shorts. I think he's off to a good start. Um, 
moving on to baseball, the um, what we are, uh, you know, we're we're getting down the stretch for the regular season <sighs> here. Um, man, this ECU team has turned it around since the last time we talked. Um, all year in, in spurts, you could see the talent there, but they, the offense wasn't able to complement the the pitching. On um, the few times that the offense would be there, sometimes it seems like the pitching let up. Um, we have really seemed to hit our stride, and I think it's because the offense is really um, has really come alive here in the past uh, in the past five games uh, since we last spoke. I believe we were going into the Wichita State um, series. We won that series two to three or two to one, two three two to one. Um, you know including a dominant 10-3 win on that Saturday. We got shut out uh, 5-0 on Sunday. So it still seemed kind of more the same. At least we won the series. We still um, were undefeated series-wise in conference play, winning 2-1 to versus Cincinnati and then 2-1 to again versus Wichita State. Um, but, um, you know, still seemed like more of the same. Still seemed like we had a really good opportunity to sweep, and we didn't get it done. We then went and played Elon uh, that next Tuesday, uh, blew them out 7-1. to and then went um, out to UCF and swept them at home in dominant fashion in every single game. It was unbelievable to see the way the guys played. And then this past Tuesday, uh, yesterday, um, blew out uh, UNCW 8-2. So, man, Jake, and we can go a little bit more in depth. I think we'll, we, you know, we'll go in depth here on the, the conference series on the UCF win. But the, the way that this team has turned it around, what are you attributed to? It's almost like I was earlier <laughs> when things weren't going according to plan and that we were going to figure it out. Uh, just, you know, that's just me uh, giving myself a little pat on the back just because I was <laughs> trying to say that the sky wasn't falling. But yeah, man, this team's really turned it around. Um, in our last 11 games, we're nine and two. Uh, we more runs in 10 of those games, and we just swept one of the best teams in the conference, arguably going into the weekend, uh, the best team in the conference on the road, um, putting up 32 runs and only giving up eight. And in the last two games, only giving up one uh, combined run. So things are, things are really looking up. Things are – When people are starting to take notice. Kendall Rogers um, with D1 Baseball. He's a big D1 Baseball guy. Um, he was t- tweeting about us. He's saying the Pirates are heating up. Don't let the Pirates get hot. Um, people are saying that – uh, ECU could be the NC State of last year. Um, you know, obviously NC State was struggling early on in the season last year. They found their stride, um, ended up going to Omaha and, and getting second um, in the country last year. So, um, obviously, you know, we're not predicting that right now. But, um, yeah, ECU's heating up at the, at the right time and people are starting to take notice, which is awesome. Yeah, we kind of talked about with the offense, the issue being, um, you know, the main issue being, the, on, on the season that we just had a lot of young guys in the lineup and, and Godwin didn't seem to have a, you know, grasp, you know, rightfully so with the young guys that haven't really played a ton uh, on, on what that lineup should look like. Um, and, and he seemed to have found it and really that you, you've seen it in some of the big innings that ECU has been able to put together that they just couldn't early on. Um, they're really figuring out how to score runs, piece hits together. And I think that uh, he, Godwin has found his, his core, um, you know, starting nine guys uh, with the DH there in the lineup. And, um, yeah, I mean, you, you got guys like Jacob Starling um, blossoming into the full-time second baseman, Jacob Jenkins Coward, uh, Cam Clanch, 
taking that DH spot and, and being a real power source in the middle of the lineup. Um, you know, it, it's just been really fun to watch um, this team kind of grow into itself. And uh, I think that's why you're seeing the the run output. Like like Jake said, 32-8 to eight in that UCF series on the road against a really good UCF team. Um, and, you know, before that with the blowout of Elon, and then we just blew out UNCW. I mean, it's just it, the, the guys seem to have really found their stride, and they are hitting the ball well. Um, from, from go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. Um, we yeah, no, I mean, you know, I was just going to reiterate what you were saying. Uh, we're just, you know, it's just exciting, man. It's, it's, uh, it's, this is, it feels like we're watching ECU baseball again, um, which is just awesome. Yeah, man. And the, the fans are getting excited. A lot of, there's a, a, you know, a lot of people in, uh, in Clark LeClaire to watch that UNCW game uh, last night, it, despite it being a Tuesday and it being cold, um, you know, and, and people are getting excited. Look, man, the, it, it's not about how you start, it's how you finish. And we've been, we were up and down the start of the season, but if we can play like this, you know, I, and dominate conference play um, going into the, the tournament, man, like you said, it, all it takes is getting hot at the right time and, and, and gelling and clicking at the right time. And this team is seeming to do that. Um, We'll, we'll do a two-lane preview, but since we're talking about the season up to this point, let's get into um, what I what I mentioned earlier in the podcast, and let's get into our season awards if the season were to end today. Um, it, it just feels right to be doing it now. Uh, I know it's not you know right smack dab in the middle of the season. We're probably about two-thirds of the way through the season, the regular season, but um, – now that this team is, is kind of hit its stride and, and you've got, you know, a core group of everyday guys, um, you know, solidified, it just seems right uh, for us to go ahead and do our midseason awards here. Uh, again, me and Jake do not know who each other chose. Uh, we never do. It always ends up being annoyingly similar. Uh, me and Jake both texted each other before the show today and said that we uh, – we, you know, we think we're going to surprise each other with some of our picks, which immediately got me worried thinking, wow, we're both going to end up having the same picks again. <laughs> but, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll go through them one by one and just give, you know, our picks for that guy. And then we'll move on to the next award. Jake, do you have, where do you want to start for this? Do you want to save like MVP um, for last? You know, how, where do you where do you want to go? We can we can start with whatever you're feeling. I say we, we start with MVP first. OK. I want you to go first. I want to go second on this one. You want me to go? Yeah, I want. Yeah, I want to see what you got to say. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> um, I don't like the way you said that, but we'll we'll. Uh, no, well, I just. I, I, right. I, well, you got me kind of worried. I just. I, I want to go second because I. I don't think you'll be expecting my pick, but now I, I'm kind of. I, yeah, same. It, it, no, I have same pick, yeah. Um. For my pick for MVP up to this point, I chose a guy that throughout the season, I think, has just been the soul of this team, the steady point of this team, and has just been spectacular from start to finish, um, despite it not always being the prettiest. I said Lane Hoover. I've got him as my MVP. Um, Lane Hoover is hitting 375 on the year, which is ridiculous, 902 OPS. Um you know, his on-base percentage is 458. He, you know, obviously we know it's lame. You don't get a bunch of power. You don't get the flash. 
Um, you know, no home runs on the year, despite coming close a couple of times, including last night. Not close, but he had a shot in the gap for the, that double that he had late in the game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this guy's had as many at-bats as anybody. He's had 144 at-bats. He's played all year. Um, he's been really good in the field. Uh, his walk-to-strike strikeout ratio is fantastic. He's had 20 walks and 12 strikeouts. Um, and just this guy is a pitcher's worst nightmare. I mean, the way that Lane Hoover can get on base is spectacular. He's got the most steals um, with nine on the year. I just think all around, despite him not being the flashiest, that he may not be the most talented guy on the team, has just, I think, earned, in my opinion, MVP to this point. Um, before you give me yours, Jake, uh, unless it is the same, of course, um, how do you feel about, uh, about Lane as, as my MVP? Yeah, no, I mean, that that's a great pick. Um, between him and the guy that I chose, I ended up picking, not not picking Lane Hoover, but I, I had to sit down and think about it, honestly, for for a couple of hours today. I'm um, glad we don't have the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, <laughs> that was tough. I mean, Lane Hoover, he's leading the team in batting average. He's leading the team in um, the team in stolen bases. Like you said, he doesn't have a ton of power. Um, but he really has been that constant this year. You know, when a lot of other guys have gone through slumps, uh, Lane Hoover hasn't skipped a beat at all this year. He's been a big constant. He, and he's, you know, he's he's really an electric player. I mean, he doesn't have the power. Uh, he's not he's not going to hit home runs, but he's yeah, definitely an electric player, definitely a fun player to watch. And he's, he's you know, I mean, you can make a great case for him being the MVP. Um, my MVP you know, this is definitely the hot take. A lot of people probably wouldn't agree with me, and I, honestly, I really don't care. Um, he he started the season. Only been started for about half the season. My MVP, Josh, second baseman Jacob Starling. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's, I, I know. Blazing I, hot. I tried to convince myself not to make the pick, but let me tell you, dude, four forty nine on base percentage, five ten slugging percentage. It's called isolated power. Uh, it's slugging percentage minus batting average, so it takes the singles out of it. Um, it shows you really um, how many extra base hits a person's getting. He's leading the team with a 235 isolated power, uh, which is wow. just insane. Uh, he started 18 games for us. Ever since he started second base, we've heated up, man. He's, he's been a catalyst um, you know, in this offense. He's got a 959 OPS. He plays really good defense. Um but yeah, man, I, I I really think that Jacob Starling has been the MVP to this point, in my opinion. I I think since he's been in the lineup, uh, this team has just been different. And and he also walks at it in an insane clip too. Um, he, he gets walked a ton. I think that's because guys know that they shouldn't pitch to him because he's just going to hit it out. Yeah, no, I mean, there's look the the raw power that he's displayed with not even the amount of home runs that he's hit, which is, I mean, the fact that he's hit. Uh, was is he at is he at four now? He's at four home runs on the year, I think. Yeah, he's at four. Uh, like you said, only playing half the year, and, and the home runs that he's hit have been towering. I mean, my goodness, dude! And I think he's got a one or two op- opposite field home runs too. But no, I mean, look, dude. He, he first of all, he's played really well in the field, um, and like you said, he he's just a he's a source of power injected that this team desperately needed. Gets on base a ton, makes the most out of his at, out of his at bats, and has really cemented himself in the middle of the lineup. I mean, he's fantastic. You know, he's your boy for sure. Um, so, going to continue to give you props on that. Yeah, was not expecting that, but I mean, you make it. You make it's a blazing hot take, but you make a compelling argument. 
Um, moving on, do you want to do most improved next? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool, man. Um, right, we'll do most improved player. This is one. This is the one that I think mine was mine might be a little wild on. Um, so I'll let you go ahead and go take take your pick first on this one. A few guys, I think that you know could get this award for me, but I, I had to go with Carter Spivey. Um, coming in 2019, uh, he had seven appearances, um, only six innings of work, and 19.5 ERA. Uh, 2020 shortened season, he only pitched three and two thirds innings, seven point here, uh, 14 and two thirds innings with a 7.9 ADRA. Um, kind of shaping out as a guy who you're like, okay, um, you know, good prospect coming in, but this hasn't really worked out. Um, and, you know, everybody else might have thought that, but Carter Spivey didn't think that about himself. Um, he's, a, he's a guy who really bets on himself. himself. And he's come out this year and, you know, arguably been our strongest bullpen arm. He's a guy that you want in the game uh, when the game's on the line. He's pitched 37 and two-thirds innings, um, mostly out of relief with a 3.11 ERA and a 1.19 whip. This one, a guy who's he's been really, really good. He gets a lot of strikeouts. Uh, he doesn't really walk a ton of guys. Um, and he's a guy that's really turned into someone who uh, you didn't really know their future with the team uh, and then turned into someone who you want in the game when the game's on the line. So, yeah, that's my most improved. Yeah, he was definitely – he was one of the, like, five guys that I had in contention for that. It was probably the hardest award that I had to pick um, to this point. Um yeah, like you said, he's just been a staple uh, of the the bullpen, uh, which in Cliff Godwin's, um, you know, in his, in the way that he coaches um, and handles his pitchers is is really important. I mean, he puts a lot on the bullpen. Um, so yeah, Carter Spivey's definitely attributed. Um, you know, his efforts have attributed to a lot of wins this year. So um, no, certainly a good pick there. I went with Ryder Giles. That's a good pick. Ryder Giles. Um, and the reason I went with him was because I did not grade him. I didn't look at it at all uh, as an offensive player um, and a shortstop. I looked at him solely as what he is now, and then that's a pitcher. Um, last year, Ryder was used simply as a kid that could come in and, you know, could handle himself somewhat on the mound if you were either getting blown out or in a blowout win and wanted to save some arms. You toss Ryder in the game. Um, pulling up his stats from last year, I think that Ryder pitched like uh, how many? Twelve innings. He pitched twelve innings last year. Um, you know, wasn't any. It wasn't spectacular. In, you know, in any facet. Um, and for him, the move that he's made um, over to being a full time pitcher, and not only that, but a starter this year. I, with, I know he got pieced up in the last UCF game. That's going to happen with his pitch style. If guys time him up, it, it's going to be tough for him. But the fact that he's able to put up in a, a .89 ERA, .79 whip across 30 innings pitch with multiple starts. He's now a starting pitcher. He's been the Friday starter the past couple of Fridays for this ECU team. Um, you know, uh, opponents are hitting 177 off of him. I just the, – the jump that he's made – I mean, he—you can't say he's not the surprise of the year, and and just, I just I couldn't believe it, you know. That I I still can't believe it that that he's performed so well, um, despite completely changing his role altogether. Um, so yeah, looking at him last year as a pitcher solely, 
to this year. I mean, even if he was never taking out the fact that he was a full-time shortstop, if he was always a pitcher, you would still look at that and be like, holy crap, like the steps that this kid has taken on the mound. So that's my most improved uh, player, Jake. Does that does that shock you? That was that was my one that I thought was probably going to be the most surprising pick that's, uh, for me. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, he was someone I wasn't really considering for that. Um, that award so that yeah I mean, but you made a really great case um you know he, he's definitely uh figured out his role with this team and, and you know kind of taking it and ran with it um and, and gotten the most out of it and it's, it's been huge for us yeah I mean he's just yeah it, it's just crazy it's just such a weird I it's I just can't believe how successful he's been yeah but it's been super impressive I'm super happy for him um uh, we will move on to freshman of the year um, this one, I think, is probably going to be unanimous. Yeah. I think, did you? I mean, I, I had Jacob Jenkins Cowley. I mean, did you? That's got to be Jenkins. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say, if, if you didn't choose him, you're just lying. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jacob Jenkins Cowley has become arguably the best bat on the team as a as a freshman man, hitting 350, 918 OPS. Um, he's got six home runs. Me and Jake talked about how talented of a hitter he was and that when that power started to develop as he grew into his frame, but he didn't wait. He doesn't care. So when he grows into his frame, he'll probably hit 40 home runs because <laughs> the way that he's swinging the bat now, despite not being uh, another guy who wasn't a, a starter to start the year, um, Jacob Jenkins coward. Not, not only that, but the energy that he brings. I mean, my goodness, is he fun to watch? Yeah, man, he's, he's a special player. Um, like you said, uh, he's second on the team in batting average. He's got a 373 on base percentage, 545 slugging percentage. Um, second on the team in home runs. This is all as a true freshman um, who didn't even start the first game of the season uh, and just came in and, and made the most out of his opportunity. Become someone where uh, if you don't see him really in that two through five hole, you're kind of scratching your head and you're, you're like, where is he? Because he's uh, he's quickly cemented himself as – you know, one of the biggest pillars on the scene. But, yeah, I think uh, he, he's definitely been the most impressive freshman. Um, he sure doesn't play like – Yeah, I mean, and he, and he hits like, – it, it, it's not even like he has a shtick. I mean, he, he's a lefty. He hits lefties great, just like he hits righties great. Um, can put the ball all over the field. Situational hitting, he's fantastic. He's fantastic with runners on. I mean, offensively, there's really not any holes that you can poke in his game, which is crazy. He's a true freshman playing against a ridiculous schedule um, for an elite program. So, shout out to Jacob Jenkins Cowart. I can't wait to see the next two years with him. Holy crap, dude. Um, It's just, man, he might go down as one of the best Pirates to ever play. Seriously. Um, That's not even a bold thing to say. If I had said that two months ago, you probably would have slapped me in the face rightfully so. I would have slapped myself. Um, (laughs) Moving on to Gold Glove. This one. Was the, I said most improved was tough, but actually I think Gold Glove is probably the hardest one for me to choose, Jake. Yeah, we are an elite defensive. Yeah, player. we are. Everyone, everyone that we field is uh is awesome at their position. Yeah, I mean we, this, we, is, this we, is tough. We're a top ten, probably top five defensive team in the country. Um, that's not just me saying it. I actually think D one baseball always comes out with their polls, and I, they came out. I think it was either today or yesterday with their poll. Go check them out on Instagram. Um, and they had us in their top ten. I think it was around number five. Um in um, defensive uh, percentage. Um, who did you go with? You you take this one first. Who was your pick for defensive player of the year? My or pick? gold glove, sorry. Yeah, gold yeah, glove. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll give him that title. Yeah. Um, I went with AMAC, um, third, third base. I figured Alex you would. Um, yeah, AMAC, he's just been really solid uh, third base. 
the place. Um, you know, don't want to put this comp out too hard, but I've been thinking about it a lot. Uh, kind of got a little Nolan Arenado comp, in my opinion, the college version. Uh, yeah, hits for, hits for a lot of power. Got a really good bat. Um, sick glove. Makes awesome snags that you just you are thinking about days later. Um, got a cannon of an all. Yeah, this, this is tough. Uh, there's a lot of guys who I think deserve this, but yeah, I, w- I went with AMAC. Yeah, and another guy that came in, you know, last year he played exclusively outfield. I know he was the third baseman coming in, but still, you know, debuting as a third baseman this year, you know, at the college level, um, he's been fantastic. Like you said, the, his arm is what's most impressive to me. He makes some really good grabs too, but he's got a cannon, dude. Yeah. He, he makes a difference. He's turned a lot of double plays. Um, that would not – for 99% of third baseman in college baseball would not be a double play for once and for his arm. Um, you know, obviously that's also a testament to our middle infield. But, yeah, no, he was the guy that was in the in the running. I went – and it's a guy who doubled up on awards for me. Um, but I went Lane Hoover again. Um, to me – and it's another one that has surprised me. He was really good in right field last year, moved over to left field this year. Some of the plays that he's made, his range is unbelievable in left field. And some of the plays that, I mean, game-saving plays, spectacular plays that he's made out there. I, I just love watching Lane Hoover play. Again, this was a tough one. You know, I thought about Worrell because Worrell's another guy. He holds down center field really well. I think he's only had that I can remember two plays this year that weren't perfect plays. He had one the other day. Uh, you know, where he uh, came in and there was a communication issue between Starling and him on a fly ball that he should have had. And then one error that he had on just a, a ball that got caught in the wind that he missed. But he, he's been fantastic too. Not turns into him. Lane Hoover got the award for me. Um, <laughs> what do you, what do you think about that? Was he in the running for you? I Lane, he's just been, he, he's been solid and spectacular for me. And that's why I went with him. Yeah. I, I think Lane, Lane Hoover is definitely one of the guys in the running for me along with Worrell, um, like you were saying, and also Zach Agnos, just to, right. you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to, like you said, our whole defense is awesome. Um, you know, Josh, anyone, yeah. Josh Mullen was another guy who was in the runner for me, he placed a really good first base, but uh, to bring this back to Lane Hoover, um, like you said, I, I, I like the way you put that. He's solid and spectacular. Uh, he does everything. He, he, he makes all the little, little plays that you're supposed to make. Uh Gets a line and the ball hits at the wall. Okay, well he'll go back and he'll jump into the wall, sacrifice his body, and rob the home run. Um, you know he he does a little bit of everything out there, and I, I think that's what makes him so special. Yeah, love Lane Hoover, man. He's just been he's been the soul of this team. He's the definition of a spark plug. I mean, literally, it's an overused term, but it, it fits him perfectly. Um, okay, so that's our gold glove. I will say, man, I am thrilled that so far me and Jake only have one guy and it was a guy that you was a lock for yeah uh, freshman of the year Jacob Jenkins Coward uh, I was worried about this because this is one I this is one where it's fun if we have multiples um you know in different opinions it makes it a lot less boring for the for our for our listeners so um we'll see if we can keep it going um here silver slugger award uh I'll take I'll I'll take the lead on this one I had um another one that you may have as well um, another one where there were multiple guys, but I went with Jacob Jenkins Coward again for that. Um, we, we already talked about his hitting. It's just been unbelievable. Uh, the numbers are there. We just mentioned them, um, you know, can hit in any situation hits all over the field. He's spark, uh, not to use, I just said spark plugs overused. Um, and that's not even really the word I was going for, but he's just clutch. 
Um, you know, yeah, he sparks innings too, but he comes up actually, you know, bigger in my opinion with guys on, um, in, in even two out situations, uh, you know, where he can get us runs, um, and the powers developed there. So that, that's why I had a silver slugger. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely a good pick. He's someone I definitely, uh, considered, um, like you, like you said, he's just clutch all the time. Um, so, but I, I went with another guy who might be another sleeper. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how the, the viewers think, feel about my picks, but I went with another guy who uh, didn't start the season as a starter, kind of came along um, and was one of the guys who kind of jump-started our success. Uh, Punch. Um, you know, yeah, all right. Yeah, if you look at the numbers, he's, he's got some really similar uh, numbers to JJC. He's got a 338 average, um, 373 on base percentage, which is tied for fifth on the team with JJC. Um, and he's got a 514 slugging percentage. Uh, jo- Josh, we've talked about this. Like all the time, <laughs> literally every time he hits the ball, it seems like he's 110 miles an hour. Um, and, and he's just been really fun to watch. I think he's been uh, a huge part in our success and and being able to break off these extra base hits for this team. So, um, you know, my MVP and my silver slugger might be. I'll take that. That's what I'm going with. No, I like that pick a lot. I thought about Conch too. Um, he, yeah, I mean, he's come on a bit later probably than, you know, he came he, he came on around the same time um, that, that Starling came on, but he, he's been fantastic. He's a definition of a guy that hits in the four-hole. Just when, when he makes contact with the ball, it it's leaving his bat at 100 miles an hour. Um, and the power is there, too. He's got three home runs on the year um, in just his 74 at-bats. He, he's just, yeah. Like you said, he, he just – every time he hits it, it's, it's a shot. You know, a guy that probably doesn't – you know, he's not going to walk a ton, got some strikeouts, but, I mean, still gets on base a ton and um, is really just damaging to opposing defenses and pitchers. So, um, you know, maybe maybe a maybe a, a warm take for you there, but I think it was – I think it's a good one. Um, going into our last award um, – the Cy Young Award so far in the year. Uh, this one could go in a lot of different ways. I told Jake it's not limited to starting pitchers, um, you know, especially in college baseball alone, but especially in Cliff Godwin's uh, scheme, I guess you could say. Um, you know, bullpen guys, you know, can – they're all eligible for this award. Um, and, and certainly a lot of them make some really good cases for it. Jake, who did you have winning this award? I you know I had to sit down and think about this one for a while, but I uh, I couldn't. I had to go with Ryder Giles. Um, you know, okay. just, yeah, coming out, uh, he's he's really embraced his role. Um, you know, coming out, he's he's now our Friday starter, which alleviates a lot of pressure off Jake Kuchmaner, who wasn't supposed to be our Friday starter coming into the season. Um, had to step into that role, and and, and Kuchmaner's done a, an amazing job um, as a starter this year, but you know. He's not a traditional Friday starter. Um, I think he's more comfortable pitching on Saturday. Um, Roger Giles stepped into that role. He's he's become our Friday starter. He's got a like you were saying earlier, uh, 0.89 ERA uh, and a 0.79 WHIP. Uh, he doesn't walk anybody. He's got four walks on uh, 30 and one thirds innings. He's got 27 strikeouts. Uh, he does that 83 mile an hour uh, sidearm action, and it you know people can't figure him out. Um, another reason why I picked him, uh, not only just because of his stats are awesome, but, uh, he's really come in at a time where our pitching staff needed someone to step up, uh, take their role. He's been able 
like I was saying on Friday, we did a lot of pressure off Kuchmaner, but he pitches deep into games too, um, and, it, and it saves our bullpen a lot on the weekends. So, uh, yeah, that's what I got for my Cy Young so far this year. Yeah, he was uh, – we don't have the same. I, I was very close to picking Ryder. I gave him the most improved, which probably had me leaning because I doubled up on some on the other ones. Uh, it might have influenced my decision. I think he is probably the obvious pick. Um, he, yeah, Ryder's been spectacular. Um, I, in the running for this, for me, Cooch, Spivey, Giles, obviously. And, and honestly, for me, too, I also had Garrett Saylor in the running. I know his numbers aren't sexy. Um, but Garrett Saylor, they're, they're inflated by a couple of performances really in the beginning of the year when he was thrown into a role that he's, that's not him. Um, you know, and it wasn't planned either. Um, I know lately he's given up some runs, um, but Jake, you, and I, and I just want to preface this before I give you my pick. Um, you mentioned earlier in the year where you're talking about a, a fireman, a guy out of the bullpen that comes in and I think you gave it to CJ Mayhew. Did you not? Um, yeah. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. I know he's had a down year, but um, a fireman, a guy who comes in in the situations that, you know, that are hard, that nobody wants to come into and, and puts him out. And that's been Sailor for our team this year, I think. Um, him and Spivey, but Sailor seems to be the guy that uh, gets the, the – re- I mean, it seems every single game he's getting the tough situations. He also comes in and pitches, you know, basically like a second starter. I mean, he goes four innings at a time. Um he was in the running for me, but it, it, the numbers just weren't quite there for me to give it to him. I went with Cooch, man. Um, I just think that uh, you talk about a guy who's been a rock for this pitching staff all year. Um, he's had a really good bounce back year. He's pitched really well. He, he's gone deep into, into most games that he's pitched, um, you know, against really good opponents. You know, the best teams is who he's getting his starts against, um, you know, all year long. And I just think that he's handled himself really well. He's bounced back really well when we we needed a guy to be, you know, the rock in 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 that in that room. And I, I so I, I went with Cooch Man three twenty seven ERA. I mean the numbers are good three twenty seven ERA ERA on the year. <laughs> Goodness, God, um, really doesn't really doesn't walk guys a whole lot, um, you know, and is able to just throw strikes, um, let our defense work. And um, yeah, I just it's probably the safe pick, but that's who I went with. No, I mean, yeah, that's a great pick. Jay Kuchmaner, he's kind of, um, you know, he's to our pitching staff kind of, in my opinion. Uh, he's just that – he's, he's that constant that's going to be there and pitch well. Um, and like you said, he, he does a good job of generally going late in the games. Uh, he's really only had a couple of rough outings um, earlier in the year against Indiana State where he didn't really have his stuff. Um, and then against Cincinnati on the road. But other than that, he – Yeah. A few good innings, up to six innings, and uh, you know, I mean, yeah, like you said, he's just been somebody. Uh, when there, when there's a lot, um, when there's been a lot of questions about our pitching staff this year, um, or our team in general, Jay Kuchmaner hasn't been one of them. So yeah, I, I think that's a great pick. And I would be. Um, there's one guy that we have to name. Obviously, the sample size is not big enough yet for us to give him, you know, this award. But there's a guy coming out of the bullpen lately who has been absolutely fantastic um, and has made opposing offenses look silly late in games and is coming in some high level situations too that I think going forward could be a really a really good player for this team and that's Trey Savage. He's yeah. looked he's looked fantastic lately, man. No, he's 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 a special player. I I think he's really good. Um, well, obviously. 
I love, one of my buddies, he um, he had a class with him, and he, so he he was high on him going into the year, and I didn't know too much about him, um, honestly. And then I I saw him pitch in the first game. I saw that he was pumping like ninety five uh, against Bryant, and that he he didn't really have his control down. Um, and you know he he his first outing against Bryant, he didn't record an out and had three walks and got taken out of the game. And I think a lot of people just saw that and they were like, oh okay. Um, you know, we got a freshman here that throws super hard and just doesn't have control. And I think a lot of people, you know, I've just thought about him in that same way um, all throughout the year. But he's, other than that outing, I mean, he's been spectacular. Uh, he's got a 2.53 uh out of the bullpen. He's pitched 10 two-thirds innings, 20 strikeouts. Um, so he's pretty much getting two yeah, strikeouts. Hit him. Um, he's, he's just been awesome. He's been a really fun electric player to watch. And I think that, uh, you know, he, he – so I'm just super excited to see, you know, what he has, you know, move forward in the, next, in the coming years with this program. Yeah, really exciting guy. I wanted to give him his his due on how he's played lately. All right, uh, last segment of the day. Um, we'll go through it kind of quick because I know, you know, it's been a long episode. Um, the, the, we'll do a two-lane preview. We got two-lane coming up this weekend. It's at two-lane. Um, it is our fourth conference series. Uh, Tulane's obviously an elite baseball team, 24-13-1. Jake pointed out that one earlier. I don't really know how that happened, um, but they do have a tie. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> Tulane is, is a really good team that we got to go play. Um, at Tulane, they just played Southern Miss, who's a top-10 team, really tough last night, lost that game um, in a close one. But um, how are you feeling, Jake, going into this Tulane matchup? I think it's really exciting. I um... – <laughs> You know, obviously, it's unfortunate. I will, you know, you can look at it, you know, uh, the three hardest teams in the conference are ECU, UCF, and Tulane. Uh, we get UCF and Tulane both on the road and back-to-back weekends, uh, which you could look at as a negative. Um, but from a positive standpoint, we're playing some of our best baseball right now. Um, we just swept UCF on the road, which is a huge RPI booster. RPI. Uh, against Tulane this weekend. So I, I, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling really good. Yeah. Um, Tulane, I think they're six and three on the year. I know they, in conference play, I know they had the sweep against Memphis, one series against USF, two uh, one. They, but they are, if there was a time where they've looked somewhat vulnerable, it's been as of late. Lost to Houston, two one in that series. And then just, like I said, they played a really close one. The score may not be close to the end, but they played a really tight game with Southern Miss uh, last night. So they they are a good team, but in their in their last four they're one and three. So you you know we're kind of seeing seemingly meeting them at the um, uh, perfect point um, to meet them on the season. I think we got a really good chance to go win this series. I don't know if I'd be so bold to predict a sweep, but I'm going to predict a two one win over Tulane on the road. Yeah, I'm I'm the, I'm the same. I uh, I think Tulane's really good. I think we can sweep. Uh, I don't want to predict a sweep against a really good team on the to take the series to one all right sounds good man well look that really really um you know crucial part of the season coming up for this ecu baseball team um you know again on the road this weekend but then um you know coming up we we got state next week don't play cincy at home um you know so some really exciting games and matchups coming up uh, against a hot or for a hot ECU baseball team. Um, so definitely stay tuned. Um, I, I'm 
I don't. I won't promise next week because I prom that we'll record an episode because I promised last week that we would and that did not work out. So I'm not <laughs> going to do that. But we are aiming to record again next week and to start being able to get them out to you a little bit earlier in the week. Um, as always, thank you guys for listening and go Pirates.